I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Is it normal to be incredibly out of breath? Is it normal to have freezing cold feet? Is it normal that my tongue looks like it's been through a shredder? Is it normal to crave crushed ice? Is it normal to have unbelievably itchy nipples? Hello and welcome to Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast. I'm Jessie Ware and I've just found out I'm pregnant. And congratulations because if you're listening to this, then I imagine you have too. This podcast follows my pregnancy journey. I'm actually on number three. And with the help of some brilliant experts, we will hopefully be able to reassure and inform you about as many aspects of pregnancy and giving birth as possible. We'll address common concerns and symptoms, some that maybe you've never even experienced, some that you hopefully will never have to experience. Every pregnancy is different and hopefully you'll be able to find something in this podcast that resonates with you and your pregnancy. We'll also be offering options of how you can alleviate some of those symptoms and what is happening with the baby at each stage of your pregnancy. Despite it being my third pregnancy, I still worry. I Google everything and need constant reassurance. So I thought I'd do this series in which I speak to different experts to reassure and inform everybody about what's going on with our bodies and our baby. Our main contributors will be two brilliant health professionals, Jess McMicking, a consultant obstetrician, and expert midwife, Isabel Borton. We will also be hearing from sonographers, doulas, mental health experts, home birth midwives, anaesthetists, so many more. Our aim is for this podcast to cover as many aspects of pregnancy and giving birth as possible. I'm so thrilled to be doing this podcast. It's something that I would have loved to have had maybe first time around. And I hope that we create a beautiful community that are in this together and feel no embarrassment about asking about any kind of symptom. And hopefully we can just be a helping hand throughout your pregnancy. And don't worry, if you're further along than the first trimester, you can get all of the series at isitnormalpodcast.com. Ms. Jess McMicking consultant, obstetrician and gynaecologist. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Jessie. Thank you for having me. I've just found out I'm pregnant. I know that because I am a control freak and I have a period tracker app thing. And so I knew as soon as I was getting to when my period was due, which is really regular, I started to feel shooting pains in my boobs. And that was an indicator for me that's been an indicator for the last two that something's cooking. I still can't quite believe it. And I've done about 10 pregnancy tests because I kind of feel like this is slightly too good to be true. And I'm also in slight disbelief and shock about potentially having a third one on the way. 
I'm excited and so feel so thankful but it's a weird old time that beginning bit of pregnancy where you've just found out and you don't know whether to believe it or not and I don't know I feel like a lot of my friends and I have always done this thing where we buy like 20 pregnancy tests and you just do them I mean they're like <laughs> lying around everywhere and they do have the two lines so I can confirm I think that it's right yeah so I'm I think I'm around four to five or six weeks and the first indicator was the shooting boobs pain I have very small bosom so it's not like they get particularly swollen or anything like that but these shooting pains was something that happened to me which actually I couldn't really find on the internet that much um but also obviously a missed period feeling pretty knackered and weeing constantly and that is just going to only get more (laughs) as you get heavier weight in your um near your bladder So why am I feeling the shooting pains in the boobs and the knackeredness? And obviously the, I have this nausea in the morning that only goes away if I eat something carby and then it kind of subsides and it's fine. But it's that beginning bit where you're just like, you feel like you're hungover. Yeah. So they're they're all super common uh, symptoms. And I think if someone was to write a book, you're right, you know, there would be pages and pages of the different things that have occurred. But I think what you've highlighted, Jesse, is some really important things that, first of all, you've got a pregnancy that's growing inside you. So what we hope is that pregnancy is growing within the uterus and it's going to get through the first few weeks. And so when we think about that pregnancy there, it's, first of all, it's stealing a little bit of your blood supply. It's um, it's, it's growing. It's got hormone levels going crazy, um, which includes that pregnancy hormone, the beta-HCG, And then what you get on top of that is other hormones that are helping sustain this pregnancy. So the most common symptoms we see are the morning sickness, and that's from your pregnancy hormone, the beta-HCG level. And what that does is that just really drives a woman to feel nauseous um, or feel like vomiting and that overall hungover feeling as you described. The breast one is really interesting, and actually I think it's one of the – I think what they say, it's the second most common one. So the first most common one is women might skip their period and go, "Uh uh-oh, I think I might be pregnant. But actually a lot of women who may have irregular cycles or just don't think anything of missing a period, um, the bells don't cling, um, but they may actually start to feel that breast tenderness. And that's from, you know, your other pregnancy hormone levels increasing to sustain that pregnancy. The fatigue as well, it's, you know, goes without saying that if you've got something growing inside you and taking a little bit of your blood away from your system, yes, it's exhausting. You know, you're not getting the the energy that you used to get from your general circulation and it's had to divide to help that baby um, sustain its growth. Um, the other symptoms that you've mentioned, bladder in particular is really sensitive to early pregnancy and you are right, you know, you know, your anatomy, your uterus sits just behind your bladder as it grows, it's putting that little bit more pressure on your bladder and you're going to want to go to the toilet more. Um, and that's what we sort of term the urinary frequency. I guess the list can go on. I don't know yeah, where what, to go, well, where to stop. What, yeah, what what are some of the other common symptoms? You know, I did have a bit of mild cramping, which for a moment, you know, you, you can read that on the internet and it can either be an indicator of miscarriage or just an early 
pregnancy signs. So, so abdominal pain and bleeding are some of those really classic signs that actually that's what takes someone into hospital. So what happens is when you initially fall pregnant, and this is not obviously designed to scare or you know <laughs> cause anyone to get really anxious, but what we want to make sure is that your embryo, your pregnancy landed within your womb or your uterus. And that's what we call an intrauterine pregnancy. Um, and from hearing your story, you've had two healthy children. So that's obviously where that pregnancy has ended up. Some women, and it's really unfortunate in those circumstances and rare, but the pregnancy can actually end up in their fallopian tube, which is what we call an ectopic pregnancy. And so those women classically may experience pelvic pain. So interestingly, as we study in medical school and as a junior doctor, if a woman comes in with abdominal pain and has a positive pregnancy test, in our heads, we must be thinking this could be a normal pregnancy or is this an ectopic pregnancy? So yes, you can have abdominal pain. The abdominal pain, it depends on the severity where it is, whether it's constant, mm. whether it comes and goes, whether it's twingy like for what the suspicion is. It can be a normal part of a normal pregnancy because of the, the growing type pains. From a bleeding perspective, so interestingly, about 80% of women will have some sort of bleeding in that first 12 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it is quite high and that can be either mild or sadly, one in five women will go on and miscarry. So yes, they're they're all really common symptoms. Um, Interestingly, in terms of we've talked about the bladder, but also your bowel, you know, some women actually have constipation in that first trimester again. And once again, it's your body's ability with to deal with those hormonal changes that goes on. I um, wanted to play a clip of one of my friends who has just found out she's pregnant. Yeah. And she is, well, you can listen to it. So this is my friend, okay? Hello, my name's Samantha. I've just found out I'm pregnant. I am five weeks and still currently breastfeeding my 11th month old son. So it was a surprise, but the most beautiful surprise. And um, it feels already very different to the first pregnancy because the biggest giveaway last time was really sensitive boobs and particularly nipples and I don't have that at all this time which makes me slightly nervous but also I am still breastfeeding my son and I wonder actually if that's why they don't feel so sensitive. On top of that I am feeling some tightenings in the back and in my kind of lower pelvis. I I mean they're, they're kind of period painy but um, not quite as severe. I think tightenings is probably the best descriptor. Finally, flatulence, which I definitely had last time, which is joyous for everyone in the household. Would love to get your thoughts. Yeah, the flatulence. Oh my God, the farts. Yeah. The farts! <laughs> what, why are we farting so much? Good question. I must say, I... Uh... I think there's theories out there. Google probably tells us more, but Google didn't go to medical school, so we shouldn't listen to Google. Um, but I think it's it's one. It's the it's the pressure. So the, your uterus is you know building up. So normally, you know, if you're not pregnant, your uterus is about eight to ten centimeters. It's obviously growing at this point. And yes, although you don't necessarily feel your uterus is big or you look pregnant, it, it's still obviously a little bit bigger than what it was previously. 
I think it's also your hormones. They're running wild. So once again, it's that balance between, um, you know, you've got your pregnancy hormone itself that initially is doubling every day, uh, every 48 hours um, to sustain that pregnancy. And then you've got other hormones that are there, you know, that are sustaining their pregnancy, pregnancy such as your progesterone level is one to come to play. But yes, it's, it's not pleasant and it's not attractive, but... <laughs> Also, I wanted to know, because obviously this is quite a unique case. She's going to potentially have two under two. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, yes, the intense two under two. She is still breastfeeding. So her yeah, sensitivity to her breast, which was the big indicator for her, isn't there this time around. And is that quite common for pregnancies to differ in a woman? Yeah, definitely. So pregnancies and what I think one of the common things we see in um, or in, you know, when I look after women antenatally is they say, oh, this doesn't feel like the same as the first and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And obviously you can have those mild changes or changes that aren't actually causing any harm and they're a little bit different. So, you know, the breast tenderness, you know, it's it's not a, a life-threatening type symptom that we're a bit worried about. But then also, we've also got to trust a mother's instinct too. So this is something more prominent in your later pregnancy where things just really aren't quite right um, and you know your body best and you can notice a change between it. Now, pregnancies definitely differ and I think your friend has got you know a true circumstance where at the moment her body is sustaining a pregnancy but also sustaining a baby and its food Um, and one of the big differences will be that while she's breastfeeding basically one of her hormone levels is quite low and that obviously you know has been a fine amount you know it's not causing any grave harm or anything because she's been able to fall pregnant and that hormone level has been enough to sustain the embryo implanting However, it's going to obviously have an effect on the boobs and the side effects she's feeling. Does it mean that she should stop breastfeeding or will it have no implication to the fetus, the embryo, hopefully surviving? Yeah, so no, definitely. So this is, uh, I mean, if we might recall, might have only just been an Australian newspaper, but probably about five years ago where there was someone who breastfed their baby up to their five years old. Um, So it's definitely, it's not harmful at all. The fact that she was able to fall pregnant is very interesting. So we know that when a woman breastfeeds, she's actually less likely to ovulate. Um, What's probably happened though is the fact that she's got an 11-month-old, she's obviously no longer exclusively feeding that infant and that's been enough to allow her body to start ovulating again. Um, and that's where we see where women and, you know, yes, it's all very happy and they feel pregnant and they're really excited, but they weren't necessarily planning to fall pregnant at that time. And it's just been because the body has started to ovulate again. What should we start doing at four to six weeks change of diet, medicine, exercise, lack of exercise, what should a woman that has just fallen pregnant be doing? I think a really big focus is, is I would say in that early pregnancy, it's so hard not to be anxious and, Mm. you know, not to lock yourself up and wrap yourself out with a cotton wool ball. But my biggest thing is still enjoy every day because what you want to aim for is an enjoyable pregnancy but also be safe. And that, that's, of course, where we'll tick the box here. When one starts to find out they're pregnant, if they're not already taking folic acid, that's definitely something to start. We know that folic acid is a supplementation that we give um, pregnant women because what it will do is help reduce her risks of the baby being affected by a neural tube defect. 
Lots of women are already taking it in that conception period um, because, you know, they're really wanting to fall pregnant. But if they're not on it, you know, it's not the end of the world. They just have to start taking it then. So that's really important. Another particularly important thing and something that even us as non-pregnant adults should remember, but in wintertime, especially in the UK, we need to be on vitamin D supplements. So that's something oh. that sort of got okay. a role to play coming up. And don't everyone freak out. Um, but <laughs> definitely... Um, yeah, so vitamin D uh, supplementation is something in the wintry months that even as a non-pregnant adult, um, we should be taking. It's only a low dose. Um, it's something you can buy over the counter um, from a chemist, but it will help sustain our vitamin D levels, um, which are good for our own health. From a diet perspective, so interestingly, um, we're not meant to be eating for two at this point. Damn. So this is, yeah. <laughs> Why are we so hungry, though, for carbs and sweets? All I want is sweets. So very good point you raised, Jesse. Um, I would just say eat to what your body tells you. So yes, if you're craving something, your body obviously Haribo. needs those yeah. calories. Haribo, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, sure. Your body's telling you what you're going to hold down, especially if you're feeling nauseated. So it's super important that you do what your body tells you. It doesn't necessarily mean it will tell you to eat twice as much. It probably won't. But yeah, sustaining a healthy diet, steering away from foods we know are linked to foodborne illnesses. That's also another thing. So this is the time that, yes, if we know we're pregnant, try and hold off from those deli meats, foods that may um, increase our risk of picking up a foodborne infection. So that's looking at cheeses that aren't so good for us, sadly. Um, and then, of mm. course, if uh, we are consuming alcohol, removing the alcohol from our diet. The basis of that one is, is we just don't know what a safe level is for alcohol consumption in pregnancy. And whilst your baby's developing its key organs, so, you know, its brain development, its heart, all those sorts of things, it's best that we remove alcohol from the diet. So, like, are you saying that potentially a doctor would turn a blind eye when the baby is fully cooked at, like, 36 weeks? One could celebrate with a glass of red wine. Small dose. You're going to get me in trouble with this question. <laughs> But um, look, all I can say is there's limited evidence. Yeah. The crucial time is that first initial period. So yeah, yes, right. the baby is developing all of its organs. Once we get to the end of pregnancy, there's lots of reasons to celebrate and you will find your obstetrician or midwife may indeed turn a blind eye, but we obviously don't encourage and endorse alcohol no. consumption in pregnancy. It is funny, though, how it's really changed over the, like, the generations. You know, my mom was like, I had wine throughout all of yeah. your pregnancy, my pregnancies. Don't get me wrong. I have lots of pregnant friends and I must say I've been at a dinner or two with them. However, yeah, no. And it, it actually, the it, interestingly, I think the guidelines would change between countries. You know, if you cross, yeah, the, right. <laughs> cross the ocean. And even it, like the different. cheese, maybe in France, maybe they would have the cheese. Who knows? Or the sushi in Japan. Yeah. And I think that that's important is, um, you know, we all know how we can research the safety of foods. And it obviously is very country dependent about what we call safe in terms of those sorts of things. Um, now, what's happening with the fetus or is it even a fetus yet at four to six weeks is it an embryo good question so your your baby at four to six weeks is about sort of two millimeters in size so you know at that point it's midgy tiny um and what you may recall if you do end up having an early pregnancy scan is it's it's like a blob you know it's like your you know toddler or a young child sort of painting interpretation and it will continue to grow 
What we see by seven to eight weeks now is that's when a baby, you'll be able to see a heartbeat on um, a transvaginal ultrasound. Um, and that will become a lot more prominent. And then obviously, you know, as we go on in weeks and weeks, organs will start to become, you know, more paramount when we scan them. And you'll be able to see that, oh, it's not just a blob anymore. Oh, it's sort of four blobs. It's all sort of forming a head and a spine and whatnot. Um, and so, yes, it, early on, it, it's tiny, it's midgy, it's hard to make out anything, but it's about sort of two millimetres at that point. Jess, thank you so much. Hopefully I'll see you next week. And uh, thank you so much for all your information. Thank you for listening to Is It Normal, the pregnancy podcast. It's been a pleasure to talk to Jess McMicking. If you fancy, you can subscribe to this pregnancy podcast. You can like it if you like. You can leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you're feeling okay and hopefully we'll see you very soon. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com